This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack addressed Farm Bureau delegates this morning using the opportunity to announce several initiatives. That includes Phase 2 of the Emergency Relief Program. Vilsack said additional flexibility will be granted. For those uh, who received a decrease of income and revenue in 2020 and 2021, we're giving them an option of choosing either 2018 or 2019 as the year to benchmark uh, the extent of loss. We'll be publishing a, a, a tool, uh, making it easier for individuals to determine the extent of relief under this phase two uh, program of the emergency relief program. We're also, as a companion, announcing a, a new pandemic assistance revenue program for producers who experienced a, a 15% or greater decrease in gross revenue in 2020 compared to 2018 or 2019. More than $12 million is also being invested to expand independent meat and poultry processing capacity. In addition to the 22 projects that were funded recently, Vilsack announced three more projects, including one from Northwest Minnesota. We're going to provide resources to Benson and Turner, which is a new hog and beef processing facility in Minnesota, uh, associated with the Wright Earth Indian Reservation, to provide new opportunities as well. Each of these projects, as well as the other 22 projects, and more projects to come over the course of the next several months, will provide additional competition for Farm Bureau members, additional value-added opportunity for producers, and again, more jobs in rural communities. Vilsack also announced the first round of funding for the Fertilizer Production Expansion Program. 21 projects were announced, including North Star Lime of Crookston, this project, which is subject to public comment, will create biochar from biomass. The American Farm Bureau Annual Convention continues at San Juan, Puerto Rico. According to AFBF President Zippy Duval, the organization has been working on priorities for the upcoming farm bill for the last year and a half already. We invited every state in Puerto Rico to join our Farm Bill Working Group. They have met and they've identified our priorities and the gaps that we have in our policy, and we need the delegates to fill in those gaps this week. Just to highlight a few, we must protect and expand crop insurance. We need to ensure that conservation programs remain voluntary and science-based, and we must, we must keep policy, a farm policy, united with nutrition policy. When ag groups and hunger groups advocates lock arms together, we have the best chance of success, which we should never take for granted. Duval says climate smart practices and engaging new members of Congress about the importance of the Farm Bill are key. Now there's a lot of discussion going on about advancing climate smart farming practices as part of the Farm Bill, and we are at the table for the discussion and, and providing leadership through the Food and Ag Climate Alliance. It is important to ensure that any additional resources go to voluntary market-based programs. The other challenge that we have will be engaging with those members of Congress that have never worked on a farm bill before. That makes 260 that may not understand the importance of the farm bill programs, and that's nearly half of our Congress. We got to show them why we need them to pass a farm bill this year. USDA will release the January Supply and Demand Report and Quarterly Stocks Report on Thursday. 
Trade estimates are for 2022 U.S. corn production to be at 13.9 billion bushels, up slightly from November on slightly lower acreage and slightly higher yield. Soybean production is expected to be 4.36 billion bushels, up from 4.34 billion in November. Lower acreage, slightly higher yield seen for soybeans. The 2023 winter wheat seedings are estimated at 34.48 million acres, up 1.2 million from last year. Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash says the two-sided trade continues ahead of Thursday's USDA reports. Position readjustments, it looks like, uh, going into this report. Uh, we got, you know, the estimates on for uh, this report coming up on Thursday, pretty wide ranges. Uh, so the trade's really n- not knowing what to expect here. You know, what adjustments will we see on corn demand, South American production? You know, what's the winter wheat acreage going to look like as well? Um, so this is a, a pretty big report, a lot of numbers to digest, and I think, um, you know, the upside to these markets this week may be limited. Uh, we're probably going to see some risk being taken off going into this report. And cash is seeing liquidation in the lean hog market. Selling off quite aggressively, and that's continuing today. It looks like they're trying to find some footing there in the hog market, uh, but the meal rally, I think, is affecting that. Uh, and then cattle uh, stabilizing here today, up 110. Um, we do have a firmer stock market. That's helping support uh, the livestock market um, here today. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending January 5th shows corn inspections of 397,000 metric tons. That's down 41% from the previous week and 61% less than the same week a year ago. Soybean inspections at 1.4 million metric tons are 2.5% less than the previous week, but 46% more than the same week last year. Wheat inspections of 202 thousand metric tons are 135 percent more than the previous week but 12 percent less than last year for the marketing year corn inspections are down 29 percent soybean inspections are five percent less and wheat inspections are three percent less than a year ago it'll be a quiet foggy week national weather service grand forks lead meteorologist daniel robinson says temperatures will be returning to a seasonal norm beyond that we're not really looking at much at all in terms of precip it's going to be pretty quiet and maybe getting back into this foggy pattern again uh, for the later part of the week and temperatures trending up um, within the valley it'll probably still be you know more in the 20s uh, but uh, outside of the valley towards kind of the forested areas of minnesota maybe get close to freezing uh, as we head into uh, next weekend. Soybean cis nematode is becoming a big problem for North Dakota. NDSU Extension plant pathologist Sam Markell says this spring was prolific for white mold and SCN. So we have diseases in soybeans every year that can change with the environment. There's a few though that we keep in mind as pretty important. Soybean cis nematode is a, is a big deal and it's expanding through the state. And in a, in a cool wet year, white mold is very significant as well. White mold can hit many of the crops. So one of the things we talk about with soybean cyst is that we, we want to make sure people are sampling to know if they've got it. Because if you find it, there are management tools that you can use. With white mold, there's most growers know what white mold is. It occurs on most broadly of crops. But there's been some really, I think, exciting updates about how you can apply and manage a fungicide application, really to increase your yield, even if you're using the same product. 
SCN has progressively become a common disease in eastern North Dakota. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest problem in the southeast part of the state, but it's moving up the valley and it's moving west. We've got probably two dozen counties where we've got at least a confirmation. Now, just because it's confirmed doesn't mean it's everywhere, um, but in the southeast, maybe six counties, it's, it's getting pretty common. And, you know, in some of the ones in the northern valley, we're a little suspicious that we have more than we think. NDSU Extension Soil Scientist Dave Franzen says by keeping the major fertilizers in mind when soil testing, farmers can save money. Yeah, I think it's important because of the price of fertilizer. Even though the crop prices are up, it's still a major cost. And so I think focus on the basics. Uh, there's really no reason for foo-foo that uh, just focus on the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, and the crops where they're important. And Pay attention to placement and um, the rates that you apply should be based on the economic return and not uh, not so much the the highest yield that's humanly possible. Sometimes getting there can be very expensive. Franzen says the excess nitrogen found in soils last year due to the drought probably won't be the case this growing season. So the, the soil nitrate is a lot less than it was last year. I think the, the residual soil nitrate helped everybody last year and it was great. But, um, but the soil tests have come in are a lot lower than they were last year. So number one thing is that hopefully people have soil test. I know that soil testing laboratories have tested way more samples than they, they have in years past, and that's, that's good news. But there's still maybe some farms that are changing around and, and need, some, need some sampling. There's still some sampling going on in the state, remarkably, in, in certain places where the, the snow isn't so deep. Stockman's Livestock Exchange of Dickinson, North Dakota, has changed hands from the Schnell family. Stockman's Livestock Vice President Austin Henderson says the transition started over a year ago, but Larry Schnell just recently retired. Yeah, it would be me, uh, John Fisher, and also uh, Dan O'Donnell. Um, the three of us took over. I think it was official on December 23rd, 2022, is when we uh, made it official. We've been working on this for... Oh, right at about a year. It started in about January of 2022. You know, these places don't come up for sale very often, So, uh, and this one's been in the Chanel family for many, many years. So to uh, make the transition, there was uh, a lot of work that needed to be done. Henderson is no stranger to the livestock auction business. So I guess we made it official on the 23rd, and I was a field rep here, yeah, and then I actually I started in uh, uh, Harriet, South Dakota, where I uh, started auctioning back in 2018. And then I also sold in rugby livestock and Napoleon livestock. Uh, I guess we really don't plan on making any big changes uh, right away. I just continue to do business the way they have been for the last uh, 30, 40 years. The Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation is one of six states to receive the American Farm Bureau New Horizon Award. The announcement was made during the Sunday general session. The New Horizon Award winner for most innovative new program for Group 3 is... Minnesota. Over its 12-day run, the Minnesota State Fair has more visitors than Disney World. So Minnesota Farm Bureau decided to use that as an opportunity to connect Minnesota agriculture to a broad audience. It redesigned its building at the State Fair, creating interactive exhibits to teach ag literacy to all ages that can also be used by county and state farm bureaus and other ag interpretive centers. The Excellence in Agriculture Award was also went to Minnesota. This year's runner-up was Christy Myron.
winning $25,000 toward Case IH equipment. Bayer Crop Science is working on two new products for the potato industry. Technical Development Representative Kevin Thorsness. Vellum Rise which is going to be a combination of fluop irem and penflufen. And that's going to give us, again, the same things that Vellum Prime provides, but it's also, on top of that, going to give us uh, additional black dot protection, which is also important from a, a, a spot disease situation. Luna Pro is another product that will be coming to market to treat early blight. And Luna Pro is going to be basically, we, we've taken Luna Tranquility, we've pulled out the, uh, the, the, the pyrimethanil, the Scala portion, and we've added in uh, prothiconazole. So now we've got an SDHI in there and a DMI to give us a little different spectrum and uh, resistance management. It's going to perform an awful lot like Luna Tranquility, but a little bit sharper on early blight is one thing we're seeing. The Energy, International Energy Agency released a report that projected the growing demand for biofuels. Total global biofuel demand is estimated to increase more than 20% between 2020 and 2027. The report also reinforces ethanol's importance with consumption projected to rise in an accelerated case scenario. The report also details energy targets in the European Union, ethanol consumption in Brazil, and biofuel blending in India. Checking in on markets, we're mixed for Minneapolis wheat now, a quarter penny lower for the March contract, 901 and a half, and July, a quarter penny higher at 891. Chicago wheat for March down two cents, hard red winter wheat March down two and three quarters. March corn, a penny down, it's at 653 even. The new crop contract, 590 down a penny. March soybeans down five and a quarter, 1487 and a quarter. July down seven and a quarter. Canola futures for March, 86060. That's down $8.30 Canadian. Live cattle futures, February, 15750, 72 higher. January feeder cattle, 90 higher at 18360. The March feeders, 18617, 52 cents higher. February hogs, 80.60, a 32-cent gain. And the Dow right now is 27 points to the plus side. Plenty of things on the farm calendar. North Dakota's Dairy Convention is coming up on January 18th, a week from Wednesday. That will be held at the Ramada in Bismarck. At that same time, January 18th and 19th, NDSU has its annual feedlot school. It will be held at the NDSU Carrington Research Center they have a number of topics, everything from marketing on the grid to using market information for strategic planning. They'll talk feed additives, ration formulation, and more. And the MinAg Expo, that's the annual meeting with the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and Minnesota Soybean Growers Association. Their convention is coming up January 18th and 19th. They'll be gathering in Mankato, Minnesota. Of course, they have a great show and plenty of seminars as well, MinAg Expo. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.